Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son, on Booking the Territory podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of our Smoky Mountain Wrestling Podcast. This is Smoky Mountain Wrestling, episode 194, from October the 14th, 1995. And this is Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast, where today I'm sitting here once again with Bobby Blaze and Doc Turner. Doc, you just told me you're ready to roll, so are you ready to roll? I am ready to roll. Um, In the new age, this is recorded in April, so in the new age of homeschooling... um, Man, I got to brush up on some basics. I got, yeah, I got to get hooked on phonics so that I can get these kids reading. So, um, (laughs) let's, uh, I I think we'll, we'll check in on our good friend, Mr. Mr. Blaze over there and then just hit it to the ring. (laughs) Hit the go home view. Let's go home now. No, Bobby, how you doing, man? Man, I'm all right. You know, uh, it's just, it's crazy right now. We know that. Let's just roll this thing, man. Yeah, yeah let's really. let's try to. Hey, we all know that everybody's going through uh, stressful and uncertain and and times. So you know we're going to try to keep it as as normal as we can for the next forty five minutes to an hour, uh, and hopefully you know you guys have a little bit of fun listening to this. Take your mind off the troubles for a little bit. Yeah, and uh, and uh, with that, um, Larry Santo and uh, Buddy Landell here. Hey, let me let me take care of one thing, uh, Doc, real quick. So, uh, we started. What? Well, I got to take care of some business first. All right, calm down. I got to tell Always the people the where. We're, uh, well, I got to tell the people where where this thing is coming from. You know oh, where yeah. we're at. You want me to do some new... demographics? No, definitely okay. not. Okay. All right. So once again, this is episode one ninety four, October fourteenth, nineteen ninety five. This is taping number one from Harlan, Kentucky. Boy, that's a hell of a place to wrestle, from what I've been told. At the Kwood High School gym, drawing two hundred people, if you believe the internet. So a new location on this week's episode. So I wanted to mention that. And then shout out to disrespectfully classy Marky Blassie, Kyle Riley, Mike Childry, uh, Joe Ice. Thank you for your generous patronage each and every month. And like Doc was saying a second ago, we go straight to the ring. And where we got Buddy Landell versus Larry Santo. My notes, Budro wins with a corkscrew elbow drop and then the figure four in under three minutes. Doc, anything from you? Ponytail Buddy is really <laughs> not screaming baby face to me. It's kind of like when Paul Lee had one in that 1988 NWA show that we did not too long ago, a couple of months back. It's just an interesting look from him. I think Buddy, I think Buddy just... Other than that one moment where he summons the world with Shawn Michaels in that promo, Buddy struggles being a babyface because he's just such a natural good heel. Um, yeah, there's something to that, but I actually think I don't know. I don't. Buddy's fine, but that that I think he's fine as a babyface. But the um, that 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 sleazy looking ponytail he's got, he he looks like a straight dirt bag. Um. Nothing against Buddy. He's not a dirtbag, but yeah, he that that ponytail is something extra. Uh, Bobby, anything from this? Yeah, um, I put uh, but Buddy as a face, like you all have always mentioned, just now mentioned just now. Um, just an okay match. It is, you know, but 
go to the 358 mark there if you would when when santo pulls his hair start around that's around 358 or so um watch buddy's bump watch buddy's bump <laughs> he just rolls back and a lot of people i don't know may or may not know i've known buddy since 1988 i was in a tag match in, in pikeville kentucky i'd had about 10 or 12 matches i i, I was in a business i hadn't been a Malenko I, thought, yet. I thought you were gonna say i'd had 10 or 12 beers <laughs> no 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 um and, and so i met buddy and i had seen him on tv and i liked buddy so you know i don't want to take that away but but i was i knew then when i saw him working i was like this thing's a work so I had I had already sent out letters and this and that ended up going to Malenko's. But when I first got into a territory um, up in Canada, up in the Maritimes, I took a bump like that in a ring a couple of times. One time you get all excited and someone punches you right in the very beginning of the match or something. You and I sell a son of a bitch like I shot off a cannon. And then sometimes I just take that little bump like that because you're sore after six, seven nights in a row because it's seven night a week territory twice on Sundays at that time. And they, everyone referred to that as the bud rope bump. So everyone up there, they knew who Bud Rowe was. You know, they knew who Buddy was back. This is around 90, 91, something like that. But they like, hey, Bud Rowe, get off your ass and move tonight, you know, or something. He wasn't there. They was talking about me or my buddy Rico from Florida or each other. We'd be like, these guys are just taking these Bud Rowe, you know, bumps. When I saw that, I just popped for it. I just thought I'd put that in there. The, the thing I had, though, if you watched the finish, I mentioned this last episode. It's the knee. Punch, slam to the corkscrew elbow, then to the figure four. Simple, but man, he just makes it look so good. It's so professional. A step above. It's just that knee to the gut. Guy bends over, punch him side the head, stays over, slams him, stays there. Does that corkscrew like only Buddy can do it, and then he puts him into the figure four. And I really <laughs> like that sequence. I really like that sequence a lot. So other than that, that's all I'm gonna say about that match. He's posing when he's giving him the figure four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Doesn't what exactly f- scream baby face, but it's entertaining as hell. And Harlan is fucking tough. Let me tell you that I that know. is cold mining country. Go back and watch that movie from like 1973, 76, somewhere in that time frame. There's a documentary about the coal miners in Harlan, Kentucky. Them some tough bastards down there, man. And they are they are hardcore people. Um, and it's it's a it's a tough ass little town and community down that way. And I've wrestled there several times through the years with Smoky Mountain and outside of Smoky Mountain. Harlan is tough in Kentucky. That's when you saw the fans and and when you see the, the doc didn't get the demographics. You don't have to just believe me. That's coal mining and that's tough bastards down there. So um, and Buddy being you know posing well. I'm sure they didn't take it too kindly as him as a face either. They didn't really give two shits there because they they're hard to impress. They see fights every fucking day right out in the, you know, front front of their houses and and down the street and the little businesses. They they're tough people down there. Um, T- tough James, times too for them. Bo James has told us quite a few Harlan stories when he was on the show a few years back. Uh, we've we've heard of uh, uh, Harlan yeah. uh, is is uh, something else when it comes to their fans. He's like. Uh, even in 2020, they, they, they still think it's real when you go there. Uh, real quick on that bump you're talking about, that that looks like the bumps that you take when you're just learning how to wrestle too because you're scared to yes. fly backwards. Yes. That's, that, that's exactly what that – I've seen um, so many guys, like, they they just 
don't want to fly backwards and take the bump. And so they roll backwards softly and like, no, no, that's not going to cut it. I may have actually been guilty of that. When I first learned how to bump, I was like, uh, go backwards and do what? Anyway, it's (laughs) something else. Uh, you gotta, you gotta overcome that. Some people have to overcome this. Anyway. Um, all right, let's go to a promo now from the dirty white boy. I felt like this was random and came out of nowhere, but I want to play it. So here it is. People keeps calling the Smoky Mountain office. They keep coming up to me and to Tracy and Brad Armstrong asking, why won't you team up with Nature Boy Buddy Landale? Why won't you help the Nature Boy out? Well, it's simple. It's real easy. We can't trust him. Why should we be able to trust a man after all the things that, well, personally, he's done to me, he's done to Brad, Tracy, Robert Gibson, to everybody? Now, I can understand, Buddy Landale, your way of thinking, what you're trying to do, and I appreciate that. But just for us to drop all of our personal problems, our personal griefs, just everything towards you and just be buddy-buddy, it's not going to happen. You know, I was in your same position once before, Nature Boy. Oh, yeah. And I had to earn the respect of each and every wrestler in Smoky Mountain area. You're going to have to do the same thing, Nature Boy. You're going to have to prove yourself, not only to me, but all the other wrestlers, all the fans, everybody. That's exactly what you've got to do. And then, and only then, you'll have some friends and some help. Last week, the thugs battled the heavenly... This was really random, was my note, but... Well, and I, here's the thing. It's it's even more random because last week in Buddy's promo, he said that Ron Wright and Dirty White Boy had taught him some tricks with the chain. So uh, it really doesn't make any sense. But the, but the truth is, why would they trust him? And if anybody knows about how the long, hard road to doing a face turn and building trust, it's Dirty White Boy because he did it. I, I don't want to say nothing bad here. I just... I don't know how this much is, I like this, Bobby. This is the cliff, but whatever. I just put, I put okay. I put okay. I mean, Doc, am I wrong for being confused by this? Like what? I wasn't. But hey, I mean, there's a lot of things in this world that you get confused about that I don't. So actually, I'm, it's the I'm other just, way around. I've just learned to live with it. Okay, you want to be a jackass right now? That's real nice of you. You do this all the time, all the time. What? We're buddies. We get a replay of the thugs losing to the bodies with the bodies cheating and the thugs telling Sandy that they want a rematch at Halloween Scream with a special referee that weighs more than 115 pounds because poor Mark Curtis was not a very big man. Uh, We don't cover replays, so let's go to the promo now uh, with the thugs promoing the match and who is going to be the special referee. White boy and a lot of Trace, we just saw the uh, tape of you guys in the Heavenly Bodies. Of course, everyone's talking about the loaded boot. You'd know more about that than anybody else. And we also saw a piece of video tape where you asked for a special referee. Tell us a little bit about that. That's exactly right. You know something? The hundreds of people here in Harlan and the millions of people right there at home know for a fact Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles could see that Dr. Tom Pritchard loaded that boot and gave me my 14th concussion and cost us the Smoky Mountain Tag Team titles. Halloween Scream Tour, Knoxville, Tennessee, Smoky Mountain Street Fight, come as you are. We're not even going after the belts there because heavenly bodies, we're getting that boot off of you, Dr. Tom. And in Knoxville, I mean in Johnson City, I'm sorry, the following week on the 28th, 
double chain match. His mentor, Ron Wright, is the one that invented it. And we got that special referee. We got somebody that all the millions of people out there watching right now know. One half of the Rock and Roll Express, Robert Gibson. He's going to be the referee. He's going to be the special referee. Robert Gibson. And going to hook us up. And Robert Gibson is going to make sure everything goes straight down the middle. Because we're going to stop. But here's the man, Robert Gibson. My job is to referee a double chain match. I'm going to make sure that justice is done. See, I'm not a 125 or 130-pound referee that they can knock around. See, I'm full grown. I'm 230 pounds. When that match is over, I will be standing there. So you well, heavyweight bodies, well, I guess you heard that. We kind of got the angles covered here. Because in a double chain match, you can do whatever you want to. You can't run because... If you try to run, you got to drag this big butt all over the place. Ain't that right, Wild Adam? I'm screaming. Because it goes like this. Heavenly bodies, if you want to go to heaven, you got to raise a little hell. And the thugs know how to do it. T is for terrible. H is for hell. U is for ugly. And G is for jail. Because a thug can't spell. The sides are even down. We'll see. They have it with the thugs. They'll be tangled with the heavenly bodies. We'll be back with more action right after this. Okay, Tracy. Tracy hit that's the what I'm screaming. <laughs> Tracy hit the double right there. He said, "That's what I'm screaming." Followed by how to tell us how to spell or what thug stands for. Uh, Bobby, what did you think? Yeah, I just well, did you hear the pop? It, yeah, they said 200 people there in Harlan. It probably was because I've been there enough to know. Like I said, and believe me. They were popping for that thing, and even before they announced who coming out as a referee, they were already popping. Tracy had them, you know, fired up, man. And then um, it would, he, he said, you know, the hunters here at Harlan, they pop, man. And then when Gibson got they popped even like it just was. They were really into it, and then Tracy, like you said, hitting the double there. I just like, you know, that's what I'm screaming, man. <laughs> yeah, it's fired up, man, for sure. Yeah, that was that was. Fans that was, were that there. They were there for it, you know. They're they're a small um, bunch, but they're a loud bunch. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, Doc, what do you have? Anything? Yes, I, sir. I really did think this was this was pretty good. Um, this was really good. Tracy was really ringleading this thing and getting it going, and fired up and ready to roll. Probably um, making sure that they could get some of that merch money at the break. Don't blame him. Getting these people into this thing. Uh, Millions at home, he always says that. It's great. Makes it seem bigger than it is. Anybody else cringe when he said he got his 14th concussion? Uh, We treat that a lot differently these days than we used to. That was like a badge of honor back then. Now it's like, oh, man, that sucks. Um, And then uh, my only problem here with Gibson is the ref. So we're going to have a one-eyed ref? Is that what we're doing? (laughs) How's that an improvement? Come on, bro. What? Are you serious? And I and and you think I'm the heel here? <laughs> I'm just uh, saying, man. He, you know, what's he going to be looking at here? Wow. Well, on that note, let's keep going because I love Budro here. Uh, let's hear what he's got to say as he's being interviewed by Les Thatcher. Here it is. The man on the mission, Nature Boy, Buddy Landell. And you know, before we go any farther, I want to notice, I want to mention something here that I've noticed, knowing you for quite a few years. The hair doesn't look exactly Nature Boyish. It's not to the team. Well, let's, let me explain something to you. I don't have time to go out here 
and comb my hair and get it done to the satisfaction of all the people that love to see the nature boy the way he looks because I'm in a fight of my life you know something while we're on this subject I would love to be the fly on the wall when the conversation is taking place between Tommy Wildfire Rich and Jimmy Cornette, I believe it would go something like this. You know, Jimmy Cornette, whoa, somebody said something about, I don't know if I can fire it up or not, see? Cause Buddy Landell, you know Jimmy, Buddy Landell's a lot better man than me. You know, Jimmy Cornette, you give me an awful big shoe to fill when you put me in Buddy Landell's spot. You know, I was a world heavyweight champion, but Jimmy Cornette, that was years ago. But let me tell you something. Jimmy Cornette, I don't think I can beat Buddy Landell because I'm not the man he is. You stinking right you ain't the man that I am, Tommy Rich. Because this Friday night in Knoxville, Tennessee, four faces of fear. You want to run for me? Eight-foot chain between us. Tennessee chain match, Knoxville, Tennessee. You want to get away from me? You want people running into the ring? Four-pronged barbed wire match. You run out, shredded wheat. Jimmy Cornette sticks his neck in, he's Cornette coleslaw. You want to fight all over the building? Balls count anywhere, on the hood of the car anywhere. You want to bust me open? First blood match. Tommy Ridge, you're going to be mine all night. There you have it from the man on a mission. It's your boy, Buddy Lantel. Now let's go to the ring for more Smoky Mountain action. Um, I just want to go on record. I love uh, Buddy imitating Tommy Rich right there. I thought it was comical. I wouldn't say it was a perfect imitation, but I thought it was okay. Doc, your thoughts? That popped me, but also I just figured if we were going to have a shoot interview, he's, he'd say, Les, I can't blow, blow dry my hair. Because I've been too busy busting out some guts earlier in the day. <laughs> That's nice, Doc. Man, can you imagine, though, what a daily grind it was when you're traveling up and down the roads to keep that hair that color like Rick did and that blow dry. It just the daily maintenance on that those mains was probably a level of effort into itself. Buddy took pride in his hair. From the very first time I met him, he had that big comb, and he's combing his hair back way back when. And here he is now with that ponytail. I'm telling you, Buddy, and he had some nice hair, too. I mean, you look at it. He he took pride. <laughs> he spent money on that hair, man. It was beautiful, you know. And, but him to have it back in that ponytail. I, and then I knew, I said, Mike is going to pop when he's done the TR. Hell, boys, yeah. You know? <laughs> I, I knew it, man. I was just laughing. It wasn't the greatest impression, but it was pretty damn good. But um, but I, I, I popped on it too, just knowing them like I know them. But uh, but then he ended it with going to be mine all night long. And I was just like, oh man, that's kind of uh, you know uh, whatever. But um, I, I just knew you'd pop on that that Tommy Rich impression, man. When when Buddy's trying to do it out there, so. <laughs> Uh, and he, again, though, he does remember each town and what the stipulation. He tells the stipulations. You know, I like that. You know, he 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 put it. He put it. He talked him into the building once again. You know, you want to run. You want to you know do this. You want to. He really explained it. Didn't have, it's a space alien thing again. You just listen. You know what's going to happen. There's a stipulation, but it's single for that one match, that one town. So, pretty good stuff. Yeah, I I I like Buddy here. He he was good. Uh, 
he, he, he was good. Okay, so we go forward to the next match, which is a fantastic five-star, actually six-star match. Flash Flanagan versus Tommy Rich. Great, great match. Six stars on the uh, Mike Mills uh, Richter scale. Uh, at the finish, uh, Tommy Rich, he hits the DDT on Flanagan, and he goes for the pin, but some something distracts him, and he decides to get up, and something on the outside of the ring just distracted him. I'm not sure what. Anyway, Flanagan, being the experienced, great professional that he is, rolls up Tommy Rich with a schoolboy. One, two, three. Uh, Tommy Rich loses clean in the middle of the ring. A bazillion stars, as longtime listener Chris Zaha likes to say. Doc, what did you think about this six-star classic? I mean, this is up right up there with Steamboat and Flair. Come on, pal. Mm. What? Um, coming in the ring, uh, Rich Tommy Rich has a theme song here. I had to do a little re- recon on it because usually I know the songs. I still don't know the song, but I can tell you I've narrowed this down that this is <clears throat> excuse me, this is Bad Company, but new Bad Company, like early '90s Bad Company when they changed singers. So I did a little bit of uh, research and work on that. <clears throat> it's not um the old bad company stuff that we all used to hear on the radio uh flash flanagan is making his debut here i'll be honest um i've heard the name for years he's not big on my radar so don't expect a lot from me there uh at sixteen thirty, les says you don't have to play it but just if anybody wants to les says that smoky mountain is ready to end the year like a house of fire and i thought he should change that to a house on fi- on fire um tire fire a dumpster fire um and tommy rich will work slow on you huh i ain't saying nothing you don't want that kisses his butt on this show all the time did did you think tommy rich ever hit a gym or lifted any weights the only thing he lifted was the freaking uh his pinky nail to his uh nose after he scooped up some powder come on and then at the end Buddy steals the vest. Tell me to lie. I'm just, what I I'm just moving on. Uh, Buddy steals the vest, and that's a replay of the Garvin Orndorff feud that we had in '92 when they got um, Orndorff's robe. Great callback. That was exactly what that was. I didn't want to say it, but you know, the dummy that he is with his brain fried got confused and was distracted by something so simple as his vest being paraded around the ring by his upcoming opponent. And um, hey, I hey, mean, if that hey, if that's hey, not hey, a moron, hey, I don't know who it is. Hey, pal. Six stars on the match, though. Hey, hey, hey pal. Yeah. Why are you why Why are you talking about this like it's real? Because it is. Oh, Bobby, what did you think you about this six not? star? What did you think, <laughs> Bobby? Look at the fans; they're cheering. Six star Matt Classic, Bobby. Your thoughts? Oh man, you got way more out of it than I did. Uh, I just put once again an old style Southern match. You know, he pulled the hair. Blah blah blah. Uh, we saw Buddy do it. That, there's an arm drag and a hip toss about a baby face, you know, and a body slam and just rich, you know, just making it easy for the young Flanagan. I'll say this. I had 1630, 37 Mark, uh, last talk about 1995 as doc just said, I had that in my notes and how 1996 was going to be good too. And I'm like, Oh geez, man. What? You know, <laughs> I'm, for that, I, like I said, starting around 16, I had 37. So somewhere around at 1630 to around 1642 ish 45-ish how long it takes them to say it i'm like oh man it, it, it hurt my heart i really did 
to hear him saying that because you know what's happening, you know. Um, I remember Rich walking through one time. I was at the gimmick table um, over in Barbersville, Kentucky, and I don't know what was – it was like when he first came into t- – and he looked over and he goes – and I'm not going to try to do his voice. We already – Everyone's whatever. He said, "He said you stole my gimmick. You stole my gimmick." Talking about the Blaze thing because when I was earlier in the show going, and this is at the end of at the intermission, and he was coming out just trying to get some heat, you know. But I was over the babyface thing. But I was like third match right before intermission or something, and uh, and he was like, "You stole my gimmick," you know. Uh, just walking by, I think he might be going to go get coke or something. I don't know what it was or a coke. I meant he going to get coke. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. we can go but, with that uh, <clears throat> anyway. Uh, but he's, he was like that blaze thing and a fire thing and all fired up and, and all that, you know. Uh, so like a house on fire, um, which I was at that time when, I, when I'd when i met him. But, um, yeah, and then Buddy's still in a vest and, you know, just falling for it and getting beat. And it gets plenty going to win on TV too, you know. So that's, that's pretty much all I had about that. Um, Six-star Matt Classic. Yeah. Oh, Flash no, Flanagan with a huge win. Actually, it wasn't that big of a win. I mean, Tommy Rich is nobody. But let's go to Tommy Rich and Jim Cornette now in the promo following the match. Let's hear what they have to say. Jim Cornette, wildfire, Tommy Rich, wildfire. This young Flash Flanagan took you to school in there. Hey, last night, that little young punk didn't take me to school. It's hard enough in the wrestling business to go day by day. You wrestle a young punk. You don't know how many matches he has. You ain't never seen his style. You want to be in your best shape. I'm in my best shape. Yeah. Buddy Landell, the reason you ain't got no friends is because of things like what you just did just then. And you stole my jacket, too. Shut up. Shut up. And you're talking, Buddy Landell, that I've been crying I couldn't feel your shoes. You ain't nothing but a washed-up, drunken has-been. Next Friday night, when the four faces of fear start, you better get some fear in your eyes, because I'm not taking it lightly. Because like you said, there ain't gonna be nothing between you and me but an eight-foot chain. Somebody say something about Crazy time, Friday night. Talk about trick or treat. Buddy Landale, I swear, I'm going to be the means of your end. That's exactly right. Now, I want to say one more thing. I'm going to the commission right now. We're going to get that punk flash flat again next week here on TV. A rematch. And by God, I know Tommy Rich is going to beat him within an inch of his life. And Landale, the four faces of fear are going to be the last face you ever see. There you have it from the General Wildfire, Tommy Richard. Right now, let's go to the ring for more action. I have never witnessed a more incoherent clown cut a promo in my life. Doc, your thoughts. Okay. This was not as bad as you're saying. Now, <laughs> I'm playing, somebody say man. something about crazy time was a little... Somebody say something about crazy time. Somebody say something about a bag of cocaine. Right, right. So anyway, um, I'm going to be the means to your end. I thought was a really good line. Um, I did kind of raise an eyebrow like The Rock when he said he was in his best shape ever because yeah. come on now. And you stole my eyes. best too. <laughs> I got I got eyes and they work. Um, 
but I thought he, that last line, I'm going to be the means to your end, was a strong line. And he, so it's, it's, you know, it's not his best, but it wasn't as bad as you're making it. That's really all I had. Actually, I think he was pretty good, wanting like the little hoe that he is. But, you know, Come Bobby, what are on. you doing? Okay, let me just stop you guys. I thought it was pretty good, but here's the thing. So fast forward to what I told you earlier when he walked by, when he first coming in Smoky Mountain, said, hey, you stole my gimmick. To a few years after, uh, probably uh, four years after Smoky Mountain shut down, we'll say, somewhere in that time frame. We had, I had been working up at, for Cleveland All-Pro Wrestling for JT Lightning, uh, his group, and, and I had fun working up there. I had been going up there since like 93, maybe. And so this is, you know, six, seven years later, and it got to where – and he booked a lot of old Southern, old style Southern wrestlers. And that was, he, he just loved the business. And I won't go in about JT cause I'll get all torn up. But I used to go pick up Tommy and I'm not talking out of school here. I don't think, but it got to where I'd pick up Tommy. Like when we'd do like a three day run up there in Cleveland and pick him up on a Friday. Of course, as soon as we, I got there, we hit the beer store, you know, and we'd do a Friday night, a Saturday night and a Sunday night show or a Sunday afternoon show. And, um, so, yeah, we we hit it pretty hard up there. So I'm guilty too, just saying that. So they they even had a bar up there uh, that the sponsor the show. Sometimes after the show, they'd do pay per views and and this and that, you know, watch alongs and and we we had a hotel paid for it. So anyway, we had hit it hard like on a Friday. We hit it hard on Saturday, and we was at this hotel and you know we'd just been drinking some beer and hanging out and this. So we had a late checkout. Well, the next day I get up, I I typically. I wait till like five or six in the evening, not when I was wrestling, but you know, before I have a beer or two, uh, or an adult beverage or what have you. But if I'm going to have something during the day, at least wait to noontime and and like a, maybe a ball game's planned or something like that. So I'm just not that big of a let's get up and drink kind of guy, just so you know. But I had been up in a hotel. I'm not a good sleeper, so I got up early and I'm sharing a room with Tommy Rich. And so I don't, I'm not a big breakfast eater, but I like lunch. So I wait till 10, 10 30, cause this is way back in the day before they served, uh, you know, lunch or all day breakfast, like shit at McDonald's. I go over, I get me a meal. I'm sitting there in the room. Rich is still over asleep. Well, noon, I'm like, well, hell, we ain't got to check out for a couple hours. We'll have to be at the town till like six. We got plenty of time to kill. There's a mall. So I just, I just, I, I done ate at like 10, 10 30, whenever they served the lunch. And, um, here it is like noon. And I, I said, well, fuck. I, turn, I have the TV on. I start drinking me a couple beers. Well, 2 o'clock rolls around. Phone starting ringing. I go, I'm like, Tommy, you know, we got to get out here. They're giving us the delay. What time is it? You know, this and that. I open the curtains. I said, fuck, it's Sunday afternoon now. And it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. He does his thing in the bathroom, takes his piss, whatever, and comes out. He goes, did you drink a couple of them beers? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I've had a couple. He goes, well, I fucking got to catch up. Man, we couldn't even get out of room. He just started cracking them, man. I'm like, I only had two because I got driving a couple hours anyway, you know. And he likes he got hot because I was two beers ahead of him. And I'm like, it's not a competition, man. I got to drive and stuff. He goes, he got hot at me because I had started drinking beer before he did that day, you know. And I just had two. I'd eat like a 10 or 10, 30, like I said, around 12, 12, 30. I had uh -oh. I mean, wait to wake him up, and we still have to travel for a couple more hours. But he got hot about it. I just want to say that, man. That's my funny story that he got mad at me because I was two beers ahead of him. And of course, we had to go to the next town and all that a couple hours later. Like I said, I had to drive, so I was I was completely good to go. But it was just the fact that I had started earlier today that he did and was two beers ahead of him. 
Plus, he I takes, knew after the show ended that night, I had to drive back home. You know, and he just had to go back to the airport or whatever, or maybe to the hotel because he probably didn't get a flight till Monday. But uh, I just, I just remember, I, was, I, was, I had to drive home too, so you know, I had a long day ahead of me. But it was just the fact that. I had two beers and started before he did it. He got hot about it. I, I just wanted to put that out there. I know it's, it, I'm not trying to talk bad or ill out of school or anything like that. It's just a few beers, but it's like, it was just so funny to me because he's former world champion and I'd been in Smoky Mountain with him when he hung out with him at least one week in a month, uh, working for JT at that time. Cause we was up there working a little program and stuff. And it was good for two or three dates a month. And, and I enjoyed hanging out with them and it was just some beer, just so you know, wasn't anything else involved. Not like that. It was just a funny thing that I, I didn't think about. I was like, okay, I'll get a couple beers out of the sink there. It had ice in it, you know, and he woke <laughs> up and saw that they was gone. He's like, you already had some beer, you know? And like, yeah, he goes, hey, he started hey, caught up. Hey. He had to catch up. You like that kid from New Orleans drinking my beer. He don't drink beer. That's some bitch drink Hennessy. He drank that nasty <laughs> stuff. I drink. Somebody say something about a bag of cocaine with my beer. Uh. <laughs> hey, here's the thing. Don't leave Tommy alone, man. He takes pride in what he's good at. I mean, you wouldn't just want to tell Harper that you've already cranked off a couple of times today. I mean, <laughs> let people be good at what they're good at. Come on. So, so what you're saying is, yeah, and again, this was years and... ago. I'm speaking for Tommy nowadays, you know, not like that. Oh, old Tommy Rich. Great Tommy Rich story. He was mad because yeah. well, he wasn't mad. He had to catch up with you. Good God. He No, he no, he was mad. He got hot. He got hot that I already had a couple beers and he hadn't, and he had to catch up with me. And I was like, dude, I'm done. I already had a couple. It was a couple hours ago, you know, chill the fuck out. But what a no, he, he, he's, he, wasn't even, he wasn't even fixing to get dressed. He just sent his ass back down and it started popping the top on one and like trying to catch up. And like, it's not a fucking competition, man. We just got to get out of a fucking hotel room, you know. <laughs> yeah, he got hot too, but he got hot and had to catch up. <laughs> oh, I don't even think that. he likes me telling that story, just so you know. So. I'm glad let you it, told it, it, you know. he doesn't like it. Well, I've told it before to a couple people, and, they, and I guess he got hot about that. And, you know, I'm just saying it is it's, it happened, man. You drink a couple beers on a road with a buddy here and there, and um, no reason to get hot about it, you know. Hey, Tommy, yeah. if you got a problem with Bobby's story, email me, bookingtheterritory at gmail.com if you know how to use a computer or whatnot. Uh, if not, uh, get a six-year-old to help you email the show and uh, we'll have you come on and i'll have doc since he loves you so much he'll be on with you and you can talk to him about uh wrestling if you don't want to talk to me there's that i'm not mad at bobby bobby told us it's just god there's nothing wrong with that story it's not like you said he did an eight ball of cocaine like in front no, of you i, I don't no. uh. i never saw that to be honest with you and i'm glad i didn't but like i said man <laughs> You can't just get up and get hot at a guy for having a couple beers and starting ahead of you. <laughs> uh, All right. Can't catch up with them. Like, fuck. Uh, Doc, any thoughts? Or can, you want to keep going? Let's keep going, man. Ron Davis versus the Punisher. Punisher wins with the quick one with ease. Very impressive coast-to-coast -coast type leg drop off the top rope from the Punisher for the win. I don't have anything else from it, Doc. Do you? He's re we're recycling Kiss's God of Thunder. Um, I think that was... Who was that that had that? Was it Taz? No, um, that was War Machine. Uh, maybe it was War Machine. I don't know if we've used it or not. If Night Stalker used it, Night Stalker, it felt think. yeah. But man, uh, he jumped. He jumped the whole way across the ring on that leg drop, huh? Yeah, we I had this doc real yeah. quickly. All new music. Uh, you you said something about Bad Company. They kissed the the new music they started 
on this uh, taping, I guess. I don't know, maybe some of it the last time, too. Uh, I think uh, Buddy came out to give me back my bullets or something. So, uh, yeah, they um, they changed the music here. I just put the, the match was kind of kind of because he gave him a terrible clothesline and i hate clotheslines when i used to book these little shows i had three things on the chalkboard or the whiteboard just depending where he is at in the room and i always put no nut shots no clotheslines and no pay and it was just a small crew of guys that i had and i put a few unless your name is stan hansen you do not throw clotheslines on this show and a lot of you guys were just beginning guys when i was booking them it was smaller smaller towns a little school that you know i had some guys with and i'd bring in a couple guys i said but no nut shots because in a fight the, the thing's over no clothesline unless your name's stan hansen you do one of those things look at rule number three no pay and i and some of you guys would make 25 or 50 dollars depending on you know where, where it is at on the card new guy again these were new guys but i hated it. that guy his for a big guy he gave a terrible fucking clothesline but i will say this he jumped all the way. He did the Buck Snort blast. He did a big choke slam. He made it look better than than uh, Dirty White. Why well, surprised Jimmy let him do that actually? But he did it, and when he done that slam, dude, he went up for that leg drop, and he was agile as fuck going up them ropes. And in slow mo, you see it. He, man, he he jumps three quarters. He put him way over in that corner, man. That's very impressive for a guy that size. So he made up for the clothesline. I just want to put that out there. Don't, unless your name is Stan Hansen, don't be fucking clothing clotheslines, you know, because he just kind of put his arm out there and he's like, ah, weak. But like I said, he made up for it with that fucking, look at that. Wow. All the way across the fucking ring, man. So, <laughs> Very anyway. Impressive. Very impressive yeah. leg drop. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he flew. Dude, he, that guy is literally on the other side of the ring in the corner and he hit it from that far away. Probably about as stuff. far as way he could get him, Mike, because if he'd have put him a little bit far, he he would have hit actually his feet would have hit the fucking ropes in the turnbuckle if he moved, moved him over any further. Yeah. You know, he's he's only about a foot away from the other turnbuckle. Yeah, so, it was pretty it was just pretty impressive, man. It comes yeah, very yes. Yes. Sure was. Um we go from there to another Halloween scream tour, uh, plug, nothing from there. We then follow that with Kessler's Corner with Brad Armstrong now. The thing is, they plugged the tag match again with Brad and the Wolfman versus Gordy and Thrasher. Uh, Brad says Bullet is still recovering, but he is still the commissioner. I thought, like, I'm not playing it. I thought Brad was solid. I don't have any. But the problem is, we talked about this match last week and all the damn stipulations. I just don't have any interest in seeing the champion of a promotion in a tag match with the Wolfman versus Gordy in one of the headbangers. Uh but Brad hit a line of lines at the end, pal. He said, if is the middle word in life, I came unglued and popped. That was awesome. Let me how was it? Was it at the very end? I don't remember, Doc. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see something. Hold on. Right there. Oh, hit play. Oh, shit. Tom, on you dumb piece of shit. This is a lot harder than you think it is, asshole. I don't think it is. I think it looks like word you're just scrolling life. around. It's a big, big word. It's only got... Oh. There it is. Is the middle word in life. It's a big, big word. It's only got two letters. If, if Terry Gordy can beat me, if I beat Terry Gordy, what's going to happen? Is Big Terry Berry Bam 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 Gordy's going to get his head busted open and his butt whipped, and that's a that's a problem. What about now? You teaming up with the Wolfman as well? Your yeah. partner, the Wolf. If it's the middle word in life, and it's a yeah. big word, and it's only two letters, I thought that was phenomenal. I wrote down good solid promo at that point. And that's all I really wrote about it, man. And here's the thing: he stumbles a little bit there, but I just like the guy. He's likable. He, yeah. He's he. There's just some guys you can forgive the stumbles, 
uh, Tracy, Brad, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Dirty White Boy, they get going and they get, you know, <clears throat> Horner was a different story, but, you know, God almighty. Uh, Horner's stumbles are, are, are magical for a different reason. Yeah. So now um, we're on to, so now we're on to Corny here and he's got yeah. the, the headbangers and Gordy again. And I said, I'll listen to this, uh, this promo and it wasn't good. <clears throat> And I was standing there thinking, or sitting there thinking that Corny is standing there with that mic, thinking, "Man, fuck me, I am going broke with this career." <laughs> you know what I, I put? I put terrible question mark until Gord, or still until Corny starts to talk because I, you're right, he's standing there once again. He's out there with the, you know, Gordy and the headbangers, people listening at home. Um, but I put Sarah. I, Put terrible question mark until Corny talks, but yeah, you can just tell uh, Doc what you said. I man, he's just kind of like, holy fuck, I got to save this ship, man. You know, it's going yeah. down faster, fast. Or as you guys were saying, we're getting closer and closer to that fucking edge, quick, quick, quick. And he's like, get back, get back. You know, you can see it, hear it rather. You know, the desperation there. Um, Basically, yeah. we're taking in water right now, guys, at an epic level. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I had from that. I, I I've just. The problem, I have no interest in that match with those four guys. And I like two of them a lot. And it just is nothing there for me to chew on. So we'll keep going. We got one more match in this episode to talk about. Brad Armstrong versus Thrasher. And uh, Doc, what do you have from this? Uh, can you go to 2950 and I need Bobby to... to no, go to 2948. Look okay. at the rat. <laughs> <clears throat> Let's see. I'm no, almost there. You're right. That's what I, that's what I wrote down. 29.48. Somebody, yeah, lucky. Woo, Billy. What's up, Billy? Okay, hold on. <laughs> In Harlan, Kentucky, is she the prom queen? Is she the homecoming queen? Is she the number one lady? In Harlan. She was a visitor. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I think she traveled over there. Did she get everybody's attention from the ring? Did everybody come back going? Was the locker room? They put on TV, didn't they? Yeah. (laughs) She has an unusually large and meaty earlobe there. But other than that, I got to think she she is the thoroughbred of the scene. Mike, what are your thoughts about this milky white princess? She's not my speed, but I mean, you know, I guess it works if you're in Harlan, Kentucky, and you, you know, you got to have something to put your fun dipstick in, I guess. Okay. <laughs> she was a good girl, guys. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so not, <laughs> keep going, Doc. At, at some point, <clears throat> it felt like Thrasher should say instead of a handful of tights that BA had a handful of skirt thrasher's solid in the ring. Um, there's nothing wrong with this match. No, there's um, nothing wrong with it. I, I, there's, I, I don't, I don't have anything bad about the match to be honest with you. Look at 3708 for me or 3707. 3707. Let's see. What do we have there? Oh boy. Oh boy. You're going to say something very unprofessional. That kid seems upset. I was like, I don't know if he's into the match or if maybe Buddy took his mom out of the dumpster. And he's worried. You are a jackass. You are so dirty. 
You are going to hell. <laughs> Buddy was like, come with me, lady. And uh, he's like, Mom, no. And she's like, this is our big chance to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Can you hit um, can you hit me? Let's be if, if we can, if we if we can, let's yeah. be serious for a second. Thirty-seven forty-two. Okay. Uh, nice right hand from Brad here. We're almost there. Here's this is it. Yeah. That looked yeah, good. Did. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I like that. Um, I can't get past the kid with his mama. Look at that beautiful drop kick. That's what I put right there. I yeah. did see Basic beautiful match. drop you can tell kick. Brad's calling it. Uh, he's out there taking the bumps for Brad, and, and, and he takes a big, beautiful bump off the punch. But Brad's, I put beautiful drop kick, man. That is one of the best. He just gets up all on them. And, and those guys could work too, man. Uh, Glenn and Charles, they could both work, man, the headbangers. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Thrasher just in there bumping for him. Look at this. He's up all in his grill. I don't even think he's put his hand up, you know, to, he just took it and it was just beautiful. Um, good, good, good. That's good. Beautiful. Yeah. That drop kick Brad through him. He gets some height and elevation, man. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he gets some height and elevation. So what happens is, uh, that's a beautiful drop kick from Brad near the finish. Yes. Uh, of the match on Thrasher. Mosh tries to get involved at the end, but that didn't work as Brad forgot, uh, forgot them both. He he got them both down, and then Brad ends up hitting. Uh, God, I'm gonna get it right. Thrasher with the Russian leg sweep, and Brad wins. Yeah. Uh, the 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 stuff hits the fan at the end with Gordy and Wolfman hitting the ring. The headbangers and Gordy are laying a leather strap into Wolfman, and Brad is also getting some leather laid to his hydrated back. Um, we cut to commercial. Uh, for things to settle down, but uh, it's hitting the fan at the end, I guess, trying to build up Halloween Scream at this point in the uh, the match that these four are going to have. So that's basically what you got there as Wolfie is throwing some terrible punches on the ground right there. <laughs> uh, I don't have anything else from it. Doc, anything else before we go to the last promo? No, sir. All right, Bobby, you, or can we go to the promo? I just put strap uh, across the back, look stiff, and then shit happens. Yeah. Uh, his hydrated back, because I got yelled at for saying that Robert Gibson's back was wet and he was getting strapped in very early Smoky Mountain. So it's the hydrated back now. And on that note, let's go to the Heavenly Bodies and Jim Cornette as they're going to close out the show with a promo. Here it is. The General and the Heavenly Bodies, and of course Friday night, you guys had better be ready for war. It's a street fight with the thugs. I can't believe this. I don't know what Bob Armstrong did letting Robert Gibson be the special referee. That's like having a third party in the match. Hey, that's just like putting somebody else on their team, but that's what they want because they realize that the thugs alone can't beat the Heavenly Bodies. Nobody in the World Wrestling Federation could do it. Nobody in Smoky Mountain Wrestling could do it. Nobody on the face of the planet can beat these guys in a tag team wrestling match. So this Friday night, Halloween Scream starts in Knoxville with a Smoky Mountain street fight. Anything goes. That's our specialty. Like we've said before, the bodies are kings of the street fight. So we're going to bring some furniture, we're going to bring some plumbing fixtures, we're going to make sure that there ain't enough left of the thugs to sop up with a good fluffy biscuit. So that way, by the time October 28th and Johnson City rolls around, Robert Gibson may be the referee, but he ain't going to have nobody to referee because the thugs are going to be finished. Right, Doc? So you think this thing's cut and dry too? Well, what I think 
is that the Smoky Mountain area, the people around here, love their families. Everybody breaks their cornbread up in that buttermilk. They have their big family dinners on Sunday. Everybody gets together and has a grand old time. In fact, you know, I heard that Tony Anthony and his father, or his daddy, as they say right here in the, the Smoky Mountain Papa, they used to walk to school. He used to walk Tony to school, you know, but the thing is, yeah, they, they were both in the same grade. But, you know, <laughs> the problem is, Tony Anthony thinks he's a thug. They want to come out here and talk about how bad they are, but you know, they are bad. Both of them, they have bad breath so much that when they talk, I can see the words come out, Jim. <laughs> You know, thinking about Tony Anthony and, and Tracy Smothers, both of them, they're so ugly it looks like their necks threw up. <laughs> now you guys want to talk about what a great tag team you are. You want to talk about how you wanted to try and put me out of action. You want to talk about trying to get the boot off my foot. Ain't going nowhere. I can promise you this. I don't take my boot off. In fact, I don't take anything off for nothing. Except when I take it off for your old lady, the white girl. And she enjoys it a lot. Let me tell you that, Mr. White Boy. I am. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. Tracy, the white boy is out here. We have got a war on our hands. All right. Well, Dr. Tom went a little too far, and it turns into an old school brawl at the end. I thought Dr. Tom, with an old but a good one, with Tony and his dad walking to school together because they're in the same grade, and Tony's breath being so bad, you can see the words coming out. I swear someone or somewhere in this promotion has said those lines before, but that was fine. I was fine with it. Doc, what did you have from this? I thought this was great at the end of the show. Yeah. Um, Southerners do say daddy a lot, um, like <laughs> Dr. Tom said, and I'm a Southerner, and I'm, you know we do that. Yeah, um, my daddy. And then, man, what an incendiary comment from Dr. Tom about taking it off for the old lady, the white girl. It's been a long time since we've heard her. They, you know, obviously, Dr. Tom and white girl and white boy have a have a long history of famous activity going back to Continental. Right. Um, and and so it's just if you know your history, that's just steeped in tradition and i really thought it was good bobby i put uh dr tom kind of doing a piper you can hear the, the piper tone to his voice a little bit but i think he's kind of shooting it you know he just really you know other notes you know some, like you said there's a couple older uh, jokes thrown in or whatever but when it comes down to the end of it man he's just like you know call it you know you're the white girl you know and if you know the history there a little bit it's just kind of like you know it's going to get someone pissed off and and I thought it was overall pretty good for, for Tom to do it, you know, uh, working his promo as Doc and um, calling out the white girl like that. Whoa. Uh, just, you know. Um, Brutal. That, Still. Yeah. <laughs> getting some um, heat. <laughs> getting getting some heat, man. I, 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 thought, yeah. I thought it was fine, though. So. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, any, anything else, Doc, from you? No. I mean, right. no. All right. Well. 
Let's get ready to close this episode out. Uh, before we do so, I want to say every, say to everybody out there, uh, please take care of yourself. Uh, as of right now, as recording this, we're still in the middle of this virus and this pandemic. And we hope you're out there staying safe and healthy as we, uh, God, we go through this brave new world that we're in. Um, and I want to remind you also that if you are shut in yet, you're still shopping on Amazon, please consider to use our Amazon referral link for all of your needs at tinyurl.com slash BTT Amazon, a great way to support this show without spending anything extra. Again, that's tinyurl.com slash BTT Amazon. Go buy Bobby's books. That'll keep you busy while you're at home, especially Pin Me Pay Me. It's fabulous with some great stories in it, along with everything else that you can buy from Amazon. Let's go to the disability checks. Uh, Doc, you first. How many checks are you giving this episode? Well, I thought this episode was pretty good. Um, I was entertained much more than last week's. And so we talked about the cliff. And while this is not as good as some of the earlier episodes that we've watched for sure, I, I, I did come up from last week because I do think it was a, a much better episode and, and far better than I had expected when I hit play at the beginning. Um, always fun to chop it up with my... Uh, my partners here. I'm going to say 7.5. All right. Uh, Bobby, how many are you giving it? I had 7.8. Same as the last one. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I, I, I'll i go with the uh, graded system. I think this one was a B. I think it was better, much better than what Ooh, we saw okay. last week. Uh, so I'm going to go with that. All right. We're going to do the government cheese award before we do so. If you can afford it in the middle of this pandemic and want some extra content, uh, to flow through your ears, go to tinyurl.com slash BTT. We've got over 200 plus episodes there at tinyurl.com slash BTT. The video reviews, the world-class shows, the ECW shows, and all the non-wrestling shows that Doc and Hopper and I have done over the years and uh, nearly three years now of the Patreon service. So there you go. tinyurl.com slash BTT. Government Cheese Award. Uh, Doc, who are you giving yours to? I thought about this one a lot, but I got to tell you, um, good match. Love the promo. I'm going with Brad Armstrong. All right. Um, I'm going to go with Dr. Tom. Who are you going to give yours to Bobby? I, I went with Dr. Tom just because of the last little bit, you know, yeah. the whole show. I, I wasn't really sure the whole show. I really wasn't, uh, you know, not taking thing away from Brad or that match, but, uh, and a high drop kick, I, you know, put that over, but, uh, Dr. Tom delivered that line at the very end there to bring the bra about, about the white girl. So, yeah, I'm going Dr. Tom. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Before we get out of here, I want to mention uh, to check out our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast with Joe Murata and Michael Quinn, the northern version of BTT, slightly classier, a little bit more professional, but still fun nonetheless. They support us. Please support them. Also, check out the uh, ECW cast on our Patreon feed, but Mike Pru and JV that do that show, they also do the Bottom Line cast, which is the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. So check them out as well. Uh, Doc, anything else before we get out of here and ride off into the sunset and go do some homeschooling? Good Lord, can we do a few more episodes instead? <laughs> uh, Bobby, uh, anything from you before we get out of here? Yes, listen, thanks. Yes, I don't plug you. I just want to say yes, man. Thanks for having me back on the show. I appreciate you guys very much. Um, if you people have been enjoying me on the show, hopefully, like it has for me this morning, we've recorded a couple hours here with what's going on in the world right now. Please, people, uh, take care of each other. Stay safe. You know, take care of yourself, and um, if if this provided you with a couple hours of entertainment and a get away from what's going on out in the world, like it did for me this morning, it kind of took my mind from what's actually happening. Like I said, it's, it's the beginning of April. By the time you hear this, it's May. Let's just get through this, people, and um, 
uh, take care of yourself, man. And again, thank you guys for having me on the show. But I just hope that, uh, you know, someone, one, one of you fans out there or all of you fans have enjoyed this enough that you just kind of forgot what the fuck is going on outside and you, you've enjoyed it, you know, relaxed. Because there's a lot of tension and anxiety out there in the world right now, man. And we just got to get through this, um, you know. So that's Amen. that, you know. Amen. Amen to that. All right, Bobby. Well, with that being said, do us a favor. Hit the uh, hit the tagline and get us out of here. Book it, bitch. Oh.